Welcome to the Vet Church Podcast. Vet Church interviews are authentic, sacred, and inspirational. Vet Church is open to anyone who appreciates the sacrifice made by the women and men who put on a uniform and served this great nation. Find out more at vetchurch.com or retiredarmychaplain.com. Hey, Vet Church, how y'all doing? I'm sitting here with Ed Dare. 99 years old? Yeah. Two months, I'll make the hundred century. Century. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and you've been your World War II veteran. Yeah. The Navy. Navy. Yeah. And uh, was the ship name? What was the name? Indiana. The Indiana. Yep. Battleship Indiana. Battleship. BB fifty eight. Yeah. <laughs> well, and and you've done a you've done an article in um what was this. The What's Happening, yeah, um, August 2015. You did a really cool interview. I read that. Um, I'll show everybody this cane. Uh, your buddy made you this cane, which is incredible. Yes, it is. I mean, it's got your whole, I don't know if everybody history can see that, but it's got the whole history of Ed's um, service Yeah, in the military. Mm-hmm. And... We talked about doing this because you've done other stuff like this. You've supported other veterans and shared your story before and encouraged people. Yeah. And um, you want to just talk a little bit about your story? and Well, where will we start? Anywhere you want to. <laughs> if you, you'd said something about I'd said, well, start at being drafted. And you said, ah, it's not very interesting. <laughs> no. It's World War II. But um, what about basic training? Yeah, basic training. I... Took that at uh, Great Lakes Naval Station, and uh, once I finished my boot training, uh, then they put me in uh, basic engineering. And so I had a few weeks of that, and then they shipped me over to Richmond, Virginia for diesel training. So I did my training at uh, the diesel school and then they shipped me over to Shoemaker, California to wait my turn to ship out. And then they finally, my turn come up and I got on a troop ship and sailed for the South Pacific. And we landed at the island of Mog Mog. I don't imagine you ever heard of that. No, I didn't. I've heard of that. <laughs> well, it, it's a big supply station there, and there was nothing on the island. It, well, there was trees, and yeah. but I mean, no people, no nothing, and big Quonset huts full of supplies. So uh, we could go ashore there and look around the shoreline, pick up shells and whatever was available. And, uh, so that's where I started. I got on the, I got on the Indiana there. And, uh, and I was on from there. I can't remember the, all the places, but the Philippines, that's, I can remember the Philippines. And we got there and was able to go ashore there. Uh, is this before the Indiana? No, this is after I got on the Indiana. I okay. got on the Indiana at Mog Mog. Okay. 
I should have, I got down, went on from the uh, troop ship, I went on, they took me over to the battleship and I got on there. And they put me in uh, uh, refrigeration and air conditioning. So I had a lot of training when I was in the Navy. <laughs> and you were in two, you were in you were a two on die specialist before too. Yeah. So you, and special machines stuff like that. So I had a lot of good, good training. You've always been a skilled man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and there's not much to say. Uh, we did some bombarding and stuff like that on the at. Uh, Okinawa and Iwo Jima, we did bombarding there, which is a nerve-shaking deal, because when they, they'll fire one gun, mm -hmm. those 16-inch guns, and they'll fire one till they get the range, and there's an observation plane. We have two observation planes on the, on the catapults at the, on the ship, and uh, they'll tell them when they get the range. Well, then when they get the range, then they put a full slab in there. The whole thing That's, opens up. Yeah, that, them's uh, nine guns, nine 16-inch guns, all going off at once. Did it just shake the whole? Oh, yes. In fact, it pushes it sideways. So the boat's like, yeah. <laughs> what was that like? A little terrifying. Well, it just sounds like somebody uh, with a big sledgehammer hitting the side of the ship. It just kaloom, you know. Yeah, and you're inside the <laughs> yeah, ship. Yeah, you're inside. <laughs> now back then, did they give you guys earplugs or anything? No, because you're inside. <laughs> they, they make sure you're inside. Oh, because it'd be even louder oh, outside. Oh, they'd just blow you off. They'd blow you right off the ship. Whoa. The concussion, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, so you were telling me about one time. Yesterday we were talking. You said one yeah. time we were sitting there waiting. You know, you get you're watching a movie. Oh yeah. And then all of a sudden it was time to hit the battle station. Yeah. Well, yeah, we was uh, we was anchored off at some one of the supply places, you know, yeah. I don't know just which one. And everything was quiet and peaceful and uh, we was up on deck watching a movie. And everything was going good and all the ones, hey, there's battle stations. So we forgot the movie and we Hit our battle stations. <laughs> well, uh, do you remember what the movie was today? No, I don't <laughs> have any idea. So, anyhow, we found out later then that uh, a kamikaze plane had come in and hit one of the carriers right on the fan So tail. There may be somebody watching, believe it or not. Who doesn't know what a kamikaze is? A kamikaze is a oh, it's a regular plane. Well, regular 
regular battle plane, I should yeah. say. Yeah, not a regular plane, regular. And uh, they're flown by a, a pilot that's going to commit suicide. He's going to fly it right into whatever he's going. Yeah. And that's what they do. They come in low under the radar, and then they pick the ship they're going to hit. Usually it's carrier. Because they hit us, it's solid iron. They're not going to do much damage. <laughs> but they uh, will hit the carrier. They'll dive right in on it. They'll spot it and dive right in. Well, nobody sees it coming, you know, yeah. because, like say, they're all watching movies too. So uh, <laughs> if it's not spotted, why? It Big got, time danger. It did. It hit the carrier, and it did damage on the fantail and anti-aircraft guns and stuff like that and there were some sailors that didn't make it so that was that and then uh, to go back up to the islands where we bombarded there was a uh, typhoon come in not while we was bombarding okay. we just out there floating around and a storm come up and it had winds of 150 mile an hour and that's uh that's as high as the recorders were recorded so it may have been more than that <laughs> you had wow. to, we had to go up uh, three flights or yeah before we could go out on deck you know and uh, because the water was coming right over the main deck. Well, anyhow, I got up there, and uh, you had to hang on because the wind was so strong, it would have blowed you right out. They had ropes all over. Anyhow, I was standing out there, and I was looking at the bow. Of course, that, that ship was so heavy that it, everything was slow moving, you know, so you didn't get any snap rolls or anything like that. But I saw that the bow just going down and down and down and down. And hey, ain't that ever gonna stop? <laughs> I didn't went on down the water come right up over the top. And uh, like I said before, we had two observation planes uh, on the catapults and uh, it tore one of them loose and flipped it right over on the deck. Uh, did anybody get hit with that thing? No. <laughs> there was nobody on the main deck. You couldn't get on the main deck. But you guys were, you were still outside. Oh, yeah. In the, in the typhoon. Yeah. But like I say, it was kind of a protected area. Okay. And you was hanging on to ropes and stuff there. Still, so. I, you know, that's something that I'd never heard of. Didn't you? No, I didn't. My, you know, my dad said they were in a storm when he was shipping to Korea. Oh. And that they pulled them up, and he was watching the waves. And this must have been what he was talking about. Might have been, yeah. That kind of, because I didn't know you had to, I thought you stayed in the ship. No. No, we, uh, like I say, we had to go up three decks in order to come out into the open because the water was coming over. It washed you right off, but... Uh, no, I can't think of what else I was going to. Oh, 
the aircraft carriers. Now the water come up so high over the bow of the ships that it hit the flight decks and it would it broke off some of the front section there broke off the flight deck and it was just hanging down like so. <laughs> so it's like kind of banging into the ship now. Yeah. No, it was just hanging there. It wasn't okay. doing anything. But uh you know, I I think that's part, you know sometimes folks don't think about when when military folks are at war. Mm-hmm. That they're also the elements are out there. Sometimes it's hot. Sometimes it's cold. Oh, typhoons. Yeah. Hurricanes. Storms. Winter. Well, down in the South Pacific, it was hot. Yeah. Water temperatures in there was seventy-five degrees, and uh, that's the ocean. Seventy-five degrees. That's maybe more than that. Um. Yeah. But. but then we got up, like I say, we got up to IOG one, and then we we was in uh, Tokyo Bay when they signed the peace treaty. Do you uh, remember it like it was yesterday? Well, not really. It's kind of faded out some. You well, know? <laughs> The old brain don't stay bright too <laughs> when you get up around the 90s. <laughs> really? Because <laughs> you seem pretty sharp to me. <laughs> kind of fades away. <laughs> uh, well, now now you came back and you've got daughters, one who's an aircraft mechanic, and you yourself. Well, I didn't have her at that time. You didn't have her at that time? No. No, I did have two daughters, two older daughters. Virginia and Chris, and uh, so that's why I didn't stay in. I would have had a good deal there because I was in refrigeration and air conditioning, and a lot of those guys was leaving, you know, when... After the war. Yeah, after the war, yeah. And I could have made chief right away. And uh, now I wanted to get home to the family, you know, and get back to work, and I, so that's what I did. I got home. Well, I didn't have a home to come to when I got back, so well, I, What happened there? Well, my wife met up with uh, another person that was there <laughs> when I wasn't. You mean uh, this stuff was going on back then, too? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, she oh, went boy. to work in the factory. Okay. And, of course, that, she met this guy. And so I had to start over again. Well, that's when I met Alice's mom, Phyllis and Alice. And then I had two more girls. Awesome. Phyllis and Alice. Well, and, <laughs> and, and you know, Alice uh, was the aircraft mechanic. Yeah. And you... Bought an old wrecked out aircraft and rebuilt the thing. No, it wasn't. It wasn't wrecked. It no, no, it wasn't wrecked. It was in in good shape, except it needed uh, recovering here and there. Oh, okay, yeah. that's what you were saying. Yeah, I, I misunderstood. Yeah, so I got the recovering done, and then well, it's about time to uh, do the engine work. 
So that that's where Alice got into doing aircraft work because I had the engine home in the basement. Now I couldn't do that myself. You know, I could take it there and tear it apart and get things cleaned up and all inspected and everything like that. But then the mechanic, a licensed mechanic, had to come and assemble it. So that's where it was scattered all over the basement. The government had their hand in oh, regulating yeah. stuff back then too. Yes, they did, sure did. What kind of plane was it? A Stinson station wagon. It was a four-place job. Yeah? Nice plane. Tail dragger is what they called it. Why'd they call it that? Because uh, it set like so with the tail wheel, you know, back. Uh, and the other ones with the nose wheel, why they they set level. Okay. And uh, so, but the uh, tail draggers are the best for all around flying because you can land them in any field. So did you fly all over the place? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but most of the time, uh, my wife and the girls, they always up here with the, my dad. They would stay up here in the summer, and then I would fly back and forth on the weekend. From Flint, I'd fly up here okay. and land there at Lupton. We had a field there in Lupton. So th and this cabin on the water has been in the family a long time? It was. It's been in your family for a long time? Since 1943. Whoa. Dad bought it in 1943, sold the farm, and he he liked to fish, so he wanted to be on the lake, so sold the farm, and because he wasn't doing any more farming anymore. Done with that. <laughs> so. For, so the folks that uh, y'all are watching this, we can't, it, you know, if Kate turned the camera, all you'd get is the glare because of the light that's on yeah. our faces right now is coming off of the water. Yeah, it is. It's, mm -hmm. it's beautiful. Yeah. And you have all kinds of birds and squirrels. Well, that's Alice's fault. She feeds them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I heard in the wintertime you got some deer come out there. Oh, yeah, she feeds deer. Hasn't been a bear come in yet. No? No bear. <laughs> I don't know what you'd do if a bear come in. <laughs> so I heard you were quite the bowler also. Oh yeah, that was my main sport, was bowling. Yeah. I never cared much for any, so. Cause there's a, in this newspaper here. Yeah. I don't know if y'all can see it. There's a picture of Ed holding up a real cool bowling ball thing. Oh. And it says bowling certificate Lifetime dedication. Yeah. <laughs> How much bowling did you actually do? Oh, God, I bowled for probably at least 50 years. Because I, I bowled some before I went in service. And I went in service in 1944. That's a long time. Yeah. <laughs> of course, it, and... Uh, I took it up again after it got saturated, and uh... well, it's it's it. You know, we had talked about living, how you live every day, mm -hmm. and in part of it, I know you're a man of prayer. Oh, you bet. And um, you thank the good Lord for being alive, and 
you pray for your family. You bet. And you sit, so you got the spiritual piece down that you do. And then you also took care of yourself. You had fun. And yeah. and you're still you're still reading and everything. You got this cool reading machine. Yeah. And yeah. tell folks about that. Well, that uh, uh, when was it? About four years ago, I developed uh, macular degeneration in my eyes, and I now I can see good far as seeing around here mm -hmm. and when you're up close to me you know I can I can see that way and I can see good to get around but I can't read and uh, like I say if you're standing off a ways uh, I can't see your features I can see you there but I can't see any features so I wouldn't know who it was and the same way with TV I can see TV pretty good uh, the main one I can see is the newscast where they have them show them up close. You correct, know. correct, yeah. Uh, but if they're showing something that happens like a fire or accident or something, I don't know what's going on. So, I mean, that, that it's not a good thing to it. Well, you you'd have probably ninety four, ninety five when this started happening, and. Yeah, and you, 95, I believe. So when people have something that comes up in their life and they think, oh, no, this is the end, it's over. Yeah. But you haven't been that way. You're well, like, no. no, you keep living. No. Uh, yeah, I, I got with the eye doctor right away. And uh, now this was what, what they call uh, the dry degeneration. There's two degenerations, a dry and the wet. The wet they can't do much with, but luckily this was the dry one. And they pretty much stopped it, you know. And that's where the machine came in, so you yeah, can still read the paper so and So I could read, yeah. Or make out checks or do writing, stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know who found out about the machine and told me about that. Well, it's, I, I've never seen, folks, I've never seen anything like this machine. But you you put whatever underneath it, and it blows it right up. So oh, you yeah. can see, and you've got a controller. Yeah. So you're looking at the, and it's a yeah, big screen can. like a laptop or a computer. Oh, just like, yeah, just like uh, TV. Yeah. I, lo I love it. I mean, like, first I thought you were looking at the computer, and you told me yesterday, no, no, I'm oh. reading. <laughs> I'm reading here. <laughs> yeah, it will. Uh, it will also. Uh, if you see something there that you can't read or make out, well, it will read it for you. Oh, will it? Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, that thing is pretty neat. Yeah, so it does a lot of things that. Uh, I haven't got into because all I was interested in was reading the paper, reading letters, or like I say, making out checks, stuff like that, which I don't do anymore because Alice takes care of that. Well, you know, family, this is important. I think this is, you know, we talked about encouraging the nation. Oh, yeah. And you've... Your daughter's here. She's taking care of you. Your other daughter's around the corner. Yeah. Your, your, you know, your, uh, 
Your cousin was just here. Your brother's daughter was just outside. She came by for a minute. Oh. And um, I think family's so important. And I love the fact, you know, because this is my Aunt Dar. Or I mean my Aunt um, Alice. I keep saying Aunt Dar. And it's because your last name's Dare. And I, I looked at the thing on, uh, on the Facebook <laughs> and I messed stuff up. But, and then I realized that, you know, in some sense we're related. Oh. And then... Yeah. um. And family's so important. Oh, yes. Talk talk to, tell everybody about family a minute. I mean, like, you know, what do you, what do, you do when you look at your whole history and you think about how important it is to continue to love, to continue to care? I don't really have a question. I just, <laughs> I was just wondering if you would say anything about all that. Gee, I don't know. I I just thank God for all of it. That's the main yeah. thing. And you've kept family close to you. You've made it. You know, you've told the girls come all over and. Oh yeah. You know it's uh. Yeah. So, well, I you know I I hear people that don't talk to their kids ever anymore. Yeah. That's kind of sad to me. Yes, it is. It's awful because, yeah, the kids just grow up on their own. Actually, there's, uh, from what I see, there's uh, no discipline, no discipline at home. There's no discipline at school. They're just growing up, and that's not good. I wanted to go back to the good old days like we had. Our teacher, our man teacher, he had a razor strap hung on the wall right back of his chair. And mister, when he looked at you, that was enough. Yeah. You quit what you was doing there. You know, I got spanked a few times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you bet. He I, I hear they don't do that at all, though. Oh, you can't even think about it. Good yeah. grief. You know, I, I never felt like when I was getting spanked that it was about being mean. Well, yeah. It was just about, like, I was being mean, and so I, was, I wasn't showing love. And so there was this consequence, and it didn't <laughs> hurt that bad, but it was it was a hassle. You bet. Yeah, he was good. He knew how to make that pop, boy. <laughs> <laughs> So you get, did it's, you catch it a couple times? No, I didn't. Boy, <laughs> a couple of the other ones did. A couple of guys, See, not very often. Boy, that was in a little old one-room schoolhouse. Really? Yeah. Did now was that up here? Yeah. See, it was over here on the corner, actually. Oh yeah. Uh huh. So, and, and I think you said you had a family farm. Yeah, it was over here. Okay. Uh, you know, when you come out over here by the Cedar Tavern mm -hmm. and come north, the road makes a curve right over here. Yeah, we drove by it last yeah. night. Yep. Well, that curve used to be our farm. Really? Uh-huh. The road used to come up and make a square corner, actually. So you really did have to walk to school in the snow. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't get any days off for uh, snow no because buses couldn't get through, you know. You we got didn't your have stuff any buses. <laughs> brief, we walked. Uh, yeah, just a mile from where our farm was to the corner down here. Well, it's, it's up here... 
I mean, we're in um, September. It's September? Yeah, so... It's a lot colder up here than it was in Florida when we left. Oh, is it? Oh. Well, you know, in Florida it was it was ninety two degrees, and in the middle of the night it was it dropped down to about eighty nine. Oh my god! Yeah. And then we come up here and, and and I guess it got warm during the day, but last night it was. Uh, Ooh. Was it, well, I can't see. Fifty. Forty five. Forty five. Yeah. Because I, I know I grabbed every bit of clothes I had and put them on. Bet, hey. We took the dogs for a walk. I was like, oh. Ooh, gee, yeah. Yeah, that's what I can't figure mostly, though. Like Alice, she come from... Uh, Arkansas. Arkansas, and uh, a fairly warm area, you know, most of the time. 80 and 90 degrees, they see quite often. Yeah. But no... Up here, if it's 75, she's hot. And I can't figure that out. Good grief. I figured she'd be freezing. And she freezes well. me. My <laughs> God. <laughs> so you're gonna, you stay right here in the winter and everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You ain't yeah. one of them guys got to head to Florida. Oh, no. No. My next door neighbor leaves. And then that leaves us all alone around here. Well, I, I think I'm going to try to come back in the wintertime. Do that. Okay, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> Great. Um, well, by that time, he'll be 100. Yeah, you will be. Because you your birthday's coming up November? November the 18th. 18th. I'm, I, you know, I, I'm excited about I did an interview with a man who was 100 years old oh. two weeks ago. Oh, did you? A World War II veteran like yourself. Oh. He built the airstrip. Up in uh, Alaska, oh, you know, to uh -huh. help move the planes from point A to point B. Oh, and um, and you were out there guarding um, battleships, guard aircraft carriers. Oh yeah, and everything else. And well, the destroyers did most of that. Okay. Uh, we was. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a little. I'm an we, army guy. We was up know. there to. <laughs> we refueled the destroyers. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we did have uh, aircraft guns on, you know. There were five-inch guns and a 20-millimeter. So. so you said you came back, and you're like, yesterday we were talking, I'd ask you about post-traumatic stress and some of the stuff that's going on today oh. with veterans committing suicide. Yeah. And you said, well, we, you know, we just came back and went back to work. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. it was the whole country. Yeah. Had been at war. Oh, yeah. Did, um, you, you said that the munition, or the factory that you worked in doing tool and die before the war was actually doing stuff for the war effort. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Was it that way? Was the whole country behind y'all? Pretty much, yeah. 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 Because, you know, sometimes it's hard to imagine that. Because, yeah. you know... Well, most of the, like your car factories and stuff, they uh, discontinued making cars and they went into the war effort making whatever was needed, you know. Oh, so they, they re refitted and made stuff that was... So, you know, I think about it. America today has a lot of fighting about what's right and what's wrong. Yeah. 
And it seems like back then, everybody was on the same page. Yeah. Did people love one another more? Well, golly, I seemed like it, doing it? Because everybody was right in it, well, it together, it, you know. Like the men all went off to war, and the women had to take over in the factories and stuff. That's when women actually went, left the house and went to work. <laughs> that, that was a big change. Yes, it was. And, 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 and people started seeing the value in each individual. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I sure thank you for doing this. Is there anything you'd like to tell folks about anything? No, just be sure and believe in God and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's the main helper you're going to find today. I think you're right. (laughs) I I think the drugs and the alcohol and all that doesn't quite do it. That won't do it, no. It'll give you a good moment or two, but it won't take you a long No, boy, it'll, it'll get you in the end. Yeah, it will. Yes, it will. Yeah. So, well, thank you for... Uh, hey, quick question. Okay. He made you this cane. Yeah. That was the woodworkers of uh, Michigan. And that's And that's right down the road, this guy. You said around the corner he lives up here made this? Oh, no, no, no. He lives in West Branch. Oh, okay. okay. Oh, Mike Thorne is the one that carved that one. That's beautiful. But he belongs to that association. And Now, when when you came back, did you affiliate with the VFW or Veterans of War? Oh, yeah. I'm an American Legion You're American member. Legion. Okay. Yeah. And did you find that that was helpful, a good thing? coming back after World War II to be part of a place where there were other veterans? Well, I didn't join them until, oh golly. I've been a member quite a while. I don't remember just when, but it's been a few years ago, but I didn't join right away, you know, when I got back. Yeah. Well, I was... What did you do when you got back? When you first got back, what did you do? Well, I I come up here because, like I say, I didn't have a home. So I come back up here, mom and dad was here. And uh, it was still on the farm at the time. And uh, no, they couldn't have been because they sold the farm. Well, anyhow, uh, I went to work in the garage in Rose City. And I worked there until, well, winter time. Then I went back to uh, Detroit and went back to work at the tool and I worked. Back where, to your trade. Where I left off, yeah. yeah. Not the same place, but the same, you know. And it was my W.M. Chase company. That was my first job. And they manufactured thermostatic metal and stuff. So, what is thermostatic metal? It's what you in your uh, uh, thermostats and stuff that works with the heat, you know. Oh, 
Okay. Turns so that's off, how that really turns off and on. It's a certain kind of metal for that. Yeah. It's actually two metals fused together. And, uh, of course, one expands more than the other, you know. And see, that's how you know it's yeah. 90 degrees. or So that's what makes it bend, because the metal that it's fused to uh, don't move as fast as this one does. And this one moves faster, of course, it bends it like so. So, that's pretty cool. So we had to make the uh, dies and stuff to form the part that they, you know, like goes in the thermostat. Mm. So So it's not just a digital thing on the wall. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Um, well, it's a pleasure to do it. I'll come back when you're 100. Okay, <laughs> that'll only be a couple of months. I know. <laughs> well, um, Vet Church, thank y'all for tuning in. And uh, Ed Dare, World War II veteran. Y'all continue to question, think, have fun, take care, love one another. Right. Thank you for joining us for this Vet Church interview. Your feedback is welcome. Find out more at vetchurch.com or retiredarmychaplain.com.